Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and thank you for accepting our invitation to St. Paul's Lutheran Church Bible Study and Reflection for March 31st, 2021. Who would have thought that a container ship stuck in a canal halfway around the world would affect our global economy and give us one more thing to worry about? As if we didn't have enough to be anxious about and worry over, with a global pandemic thrown in for good measure. On more than one occasion, Jesus told his disciples to not be afraid. He also addressed the subject of worry in his Sermon on the Mount. The most insidious type of worry and anxiety for many Christians is that we have to try and be our best to find favor from God. As we prepare to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, I would hope that we all will find some quiet time to contemplate the good news of what our most loving God has done for us in and through his son, Jesus Christ. If you're traveling over the Easter weekend, I wish you safe travels. If you are unable to worship in person, I invite you to join our service that is live streamed on YouTube. It's very easy to access. If you go to YouTube and do a search for St. Paul's Communications, that's S-T period and Paul's with an apostrophe, you may watch our worship service at 10.30 a.m. I would ask that you also continue to pray for everyone that has been and still is affected by this horrible COVID virus. Now let us begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Most merciful God and Father of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for your many blessings. Dear God, I would ask that when we grow anxious and worry, we would be calmed by the reminder of your love for us through the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask this in his name. Amen. As Easter day approaches, I can't think of a better verse to epitomize God's love for us. It's found in John's gospel, and yes, you probably already guessed what it is. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There's a very important, well, there's a lot of important words in that passage, but there's, there's one I want to key in on. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It is in and through this gift and the resurrection of Christ that we are promised eternal life. As my grandson William would say, Granddaddy, that's the good part, isn't it? And it truly is. Consider this passage from the book of Deuteronomy when Moses was speaking to Joshua and all of the Israelites, and assured them that even then God did not want his people to be anxious. This reading is found in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 7 through 8. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself 
goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Now, I read a book a few years ago that uh, Pastor Metz recommended, and I can recommend it as well. It's written by Philip Carey, and the title is Good News for Anxious Christians. Here's a quote from the book. Quote, if the gospel of Christ were a theory, then it wouldn't be worth much until you put it into practice. Practical application would be the only way to make it real in your life. But the gospel is not a theory to apply. It's a story to believe. It is good news that gladdens the heart, and it changes our hearts precisely by giving us something to be glad about, something we embrace by faith alone, not by doing something about it, end quote. And listen to what Martin Luther had to say about the gospel, and I quote, The good news of the gospel is that God has already decided to do something about our lives, whether we let him or not whether we do anything about it or not, whether we believe it or not. He has sent his only son to live and die for us, to be raised from the dead and sit at his right hand, all for our sake, but without us having any say in the matter. End quote. That's really good news. And believing it is what makes us, makes all the difference in our lives. For it is Christ who redeems us, makes us new, and transforms us. Our practical efforts to transform ourselves, our good works, are just not relevant to this task. When Jesus sat down with his disciples and others and was teaching and preaching what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, he was not providing a checklist of things that we must do in order to earn our way into heaven. He was painting a picture of a new way of living in the kingdom of God, an overlapping of heaven and earth, if you will, that reminds us of, of the Eden narrative. So the new way of kingdom living was countercultural then, and it's still countercultural now to us as earthly human beings and our instincts. About halfway through a sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about storing up treasures in heaven versus worldly treasures. Immediately following the teaching of storing up treasures, and just before his teaching on being judgmental, are found ten verses addressing the subject of worry. Earlier in his sermon, Jesus had talked about murder, adultery, divorce, an eye for an eye, giving to the needy, and loving your enemies. I truly believe that Jesus was always very intentional with what he said and what he did. Perhaps Jesus read the crowd's body language or saw the looks on their faces and concluded that it was time to address their worries and anxieties regarding this new way of living. Here is Matthew's account of how Jesus addressed worry. This reading is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. 
They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now I want to offer a short reflection on the misconception some have regarding what it takes to enter God's kingdom. Years ago, Dr. Ralph Wallace, pastor at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, preached a sermon that included the lyrics to a song written by Wayne Cochran in 1962 and performed by J. Frank Wilson and the Cavaliers. Some of you may remember it. The name of the song was Last Kiss. It was a ballad about a young couple out on a date that ended tragically for the girl when their car collided with another car stalled in the roadway. The lyrics from the perspective of their surviving boyfriend go this way. Well, where oh where can my baby be? The Lord took her away from me. She's gone to heaven, so I got to be good so I can see my baby when I leave this world. Well, Pastor Wallace's point, you might ask, you don't get to heaven by being good. In our secular world, we operate on the premise that in order to receive a reward, we must provide an equivalent service. And as human nature dictates, we more often than not want to provide a minimal service for a far greater reward. We constantly look for bargains, sales, and what many refer to as deals. Depending on the version, the word love occurs well over 700 times in the Bible. God's greatest act of love was the sacrifice of his son for the forgiveness of our sins and our salvation. We must strive to have a proper reverence for God by being a humble servant. Our service to God does not earn us favor but rather reflects our reverence for God. In the next passage, Jesus comforts his disciples and tells them the way. This, is, this reading is found in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, Would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. 
Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how, how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, in his epistle to the Philippians, Paul suggests prayer to help relieve anxiety. Listen to Paul's words here in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your thoughts to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In closing, listen to the words of Jesus as he prayed right before he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the scripture, he prayed for his disciples, and then he prayed for all believers. By God's grace and through faith in Jesus, we have been given to Jesus, and for that reason, this prayer is very comforting. This is found in the book of John, chapter 17, verses 24 through 26. Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Wow. Thank, thank you, Jesus, for your prayer, especially knowing what you were facing that evening. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, we thank you and give you praise for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, as we learn, love, and live your word. Let us give thanks to you through our humble service. We ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.